Every white person likes to lie to themselves that they were alive, you know, 150 years ago, that they would have been working on the Underground Railroad trying to help slaves escape, right? I would have been one of the good white people. I would have taken time out of my day, risked my life. And the reality is, is you'd be doing back then exactly what you're doing today. Nothing. Not a fucking thing. If I was around in that time and era, I would definitely do whatever I could to uh, aid in the railroad. Is that, I mean, what else are you going to be doing around that time? You know, nothing. I don't know. <laughs> no, nah, dude, I'd, I'd hang a quilt outside my house or something. My man. I'd be on a uh, putting nails in tree duty. How do you eat cheese sticks? Do you peel or do you just bite like a psycho? I peel, I'm not a fucking serial killer. Yeah, you know who does just bite them? Is it Caitlin? My wife. Well, you're gonna be thirsty. You're just gonna be thirsty throughout this, so sucks to suck. I'm, I'm usually thirsty. Well, let me know when you're ready <laughs> and we'll try it again. No, just use this for the intro. The Statesman Podcast. Welcome back to the Statesman Podcast. I'm Albert. Uh, I'm Ryan. Hey, Ryan. It catches me off guard every time. What? The intro. Why? I'm always like, oh, duh, it's my turn. I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, hey, other other guy here. I need your uh, your help here, buddy. <laughs> I just panic and forget that I'm <laughs> half of this podcast. Well, it has been a while, so that's kind of fair. It has been. I think it's been over a month since we've potted. I think it's been longer than that, honestly. Yeah. That's my bad. Well, it's like both our bads, I guess. Yeah, I've been busy. Yeah. Life's and been coming at me fast. You're usually in charge of research, so this has been... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's been a lot. Uh, so, yeah, we have a lot to talk about today. This is a big one. We're coming back. Coming off our, I just realized the last episode was actually the philosophical episode or the random episode we did. So oh, yeah, slash, was it the season finale or is this the season this, finale? I guess now this is the season finale. So I, I wasn't... I was just going to ignore that, but yeah, fuck it. Welcome to the season finale of season one of the Statesman Podcast. Pew, 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 pew. I, should, I could just add those in. I don't know why we just did that off the cuff. But anyway. You can still add them in. This is true. I can. Um, You won't. Bet. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, we're coming in part two off the Underground Railroad. And the reason I had to make a part two is because when I was originally researching all the stuff about it, um, I realized I can't it's hard to talk about the Underground Railroad without talking about someone very specific. Uh, a big player. Pretty much a name synonymous with the Underground Railroad. Wilfred Brimley. His name. Is John, John Cena. Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you knew where I was going with that. Or I don't even know if you knew I was going with that. We just shared the same one brain cell. Yeah, whenever I just hear his name, I just go AFK and I just black out I screaming. I saw the look in your eye, too, and I was like, oh, here it comes. Uh, I don't think either of those people that I just mentioned are Underground Railroad. No, sensations. they're not actually. Um, they may have been, you know, you never know. Uh, but no, uh, for real though, Harriet Tubman, Harriet motherfucking Tubman, Harriet the fucking OG goat Tubman, Harriet Tubman, Tubman. <laughs> I, I ran out of cool <laughs> things to say about her. So yeah. Uh, and and, and I was, as I was looking it up and researching everything, I realized this woman has so much that went on in her life that I it's not going to fit. Like I can't just put some of what she did and just kind of sprinkle it in there to the first episode. And there's just even what I would have sprinkled in like now. Uh, yeah. Like even what I could have sprinkled into the first part would have added so much time that I was like, okay, I just have to leave this and we'll talk about this specifically at another time uh, for the second episode. And that's when I was like, fuck it. We're doing a, a, a an episode two of the Underground Railroad. So episode two, Underground Railroad, part two. Yeah. Uh, Harry Tubman. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much just going to kind of start off. It's going to be more or less kind of like a little biography. Um, there's a lot. So I'm going to have to compress what I already have compressed, which is a lot. Um, <laughs> she was the fifth or sorry. Harriet Tubman was the fifth of nine siblings. Uh, she had four sisters, Lena, Mariah Riddy, Soph, and Rachel, and then three brothers, four brothers, 
Robert, Ben, Henry, and Moses. Um, <laughs> a good spread of names. Yeah, right. But Mariah Riddy was a really cool one. I was like, that's an yeah. Is that all name. one name? That is one name. Mariah Riddy. Mariah Riddy. <laughs> um, so yeah, she was born into slavery with her parents. Uh, and as she, once she got to about the age of six, she was hired out to other slave owners. Um, basically, like rented out, which is so fucked up saying it out loud now. I mean, really, well, the uh, uses for renting a six-year-old are endless. They can scrub your fireplace. They can grab stuff from out of the crawl space under your house. Uh, they can hold an umbrella while you go for a walk. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I, I was just stuck on the fact that you said the uses for renting a six-year-old are endless. And I was like, yeah, I dude. can't wait to see where he goes. These with that. modern child labor laws <laughs> have made us soft at the nation. Oh my God. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. But, uh, she was constantly described as a quote unquote troublemaker and was threatened to be sold and separated for her family. If she didn't stay in line, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, hmm. I, I, I'm just trying to think of like a slave owner being like, ah, oh, this, Little girl doesn't like being a slave and won't do what she's told. What the fuck? Yeah, kids these days. That's exactly what it sounds like. It sounds like a boomer. He's like, kids today don't want to work for free at six <laughs> hey, years old. Hey, quit playing with that hoop and stick. <laughs> the what? Quit playing with that there hoop and stick. What the fuck is a hoop and stick? <laughs> it's like what kids used to play with in like the olden days. It was just a hoop that you kind of smacked with a stick and made it go along. Oh, you know what? I think I do know what you're talking Remember about. Remember in actually. Shovel Knight? Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. hoop and stick, the hoop and stick. This, this damn kid won't stop playing with the hoop and stick <laughs> long enough to clean my fireplace. Hoop and stick going to make her life terrible. Um, so, yeah, that was, you know, where she's at right now. Uh, most of her chores included taking care of her other siblings while her mother uh, went to work in the quote unquote big house. Mm. Um. So she was hired out to this one guy, James Cook, uh, to go do some weaving, uh, which was what she was supposed to be doing. But instead, he sent her out into the harsh winter forest to set traps for muskrats. Um, Not bad, honestly. I, I think I would have loved that as a six year old. I think you would have until you caught measles, which she did. Yeah. Um, you, you caught measles? You were supposed to catch muskrats, you idiot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not even remotely the same thing. Is this what it's like when you lead and I just fucking cut you off with shit? <laughs> I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> um. So luckily her mother was able to convince their main owners to bring her back to the home where she healed up kind of and then immediately was sent back out. Uh, Still pretty uncooperative, though. So they were finally like, fuck it. We don't want her and sent her back to her parents. Um, She was running out one more time to a woman named Miss Susan. Uh, she was tasked with taking care of Miss Susan's newborn baby, and she had to keep the baby quiet through the night, which you can totally do with newborns, especially as a seven-year-old, which she's that's seven at this point. It, it, that's fucking awesome. Is that a motorcycle? Oh, it's I like someone's cutting their grass. I was like, really? Oh, it's like that John Mulaney joke where he says, like, you're just hiring a child to take care of your other child. <laughs> it's like hiring a horse to take yeah. care of your dog. And here's where the food is, and this is what time they go to bed, and you're a horse. Except it's more like hiring a dog to take care of like your hamster. Pretty much. Because she's seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she surprisingly couldn't keep this baby quiet throughout the entire night, every single night. And when she didn't, Miss Susan whipped the fuck out of her. And I mean, mm. like bad enough to where as an adult, she still had scars from the whipping she got as a seven year old from bitch Susan, Miss Susan. No, bitch Susan. I meant to say that. Um. <laughs> She actually at one point stole a lump of sugar from bitch Susan. I'm just going to call her that for the rest of my words as she gets mentioned. Um, she was so scared. She ran away for three days and hid in a barn and just slept in this barn uh, hiding for taking out a lump of sugar. Fair. Yeah, that's. Did you say that's fake? Oh, to hide. <laughs> yeah. like, excuse me. Uh, she's about 12 years old at this point. It's in the late 1830s. She was sent out with the uh, the cook of the house. To go get some supplies for her masters. Um, and when they get to the store where they're picking up the stuff, there's a slave who's actually in the process of trying to escape. Nice. 
uh the the owner of the store is yelling at harriet like hey stop him whatever and she just fucking oh. sidesteps like oh no what's a 12 year old supposed to do dude these fucking slave workers were morons <laughs> punch him in the knee yeah you know um so yeah she lets her go and the owner of the store i don't know why i'm laughing that's fucked up but he grabs this like two pound scale weight uh and it's not it was i couldn't find anything that was like said for sure if he was aiming at harriet or the runaway slave but it nailed harriet in the fucking head mm. um it was bad enough that it, it, it like fractured her skull and she instantly was just out um yeah it almost killed her and she actually wrote about it later saying the weight broke my skull and cut a piece or sorry the weight broke my skull and cut a piece of that shawl clean off and drove it in my head they carried me into the house all bleeding and fainting i had no bed no place to lie down at all and they laid me on the seat of the loom and I stayed there all day and the next. Damn. They just treat him like they found like a hurt possum outside. Yeah. Well, don't worry because they let her heal up. Kind of. Not really. Uh, and then quickly put her back to work in the fields, which funny enough, she actually preferred working in the fields as opposed to doing like inside housework or what was like considered women's work back then. I would, um, like cooking, cleaning and stuff like that. That makes sense because there's not people in the fields. Yeah. I mean, there would be like out of sight, out of mind. The like one like hillbilly riding the horse around I mean, yeah. kind of keeping watch, but I guess that's a lot to keep track of. Um, and yeah, out there, you know, her head's bleeding, mixing with sweat and actually fucked up like her eyesight a bit and she oh. was having trouble seeing. So she's 12 and shit's already going bad, pretty bad for her, but she's pushing yeah. on because that's just how she was. But one thing that came out of this whole thing was she would later have what she described as visions. Um, she was a very devout Christian. She got the shining. That's more or less what it was like. She, she got believed. the shining knocked into her. <laughs> she was super religious. So, um, you know, doctors kind of speculate that it was probably like epileptic episodes or uh, just like some messed up dreams she would have. But, you know, after the head injury and because of her religious background, she thought they were visions that she was having and thought she was, you know, communicating with God. Basically, she shined. She pretty much did. Yeah. Um, and so fast forward to 1836, Harriet's hired out to John T. Stewart, who was a plantation owner and a shipbuilder, and it let her move closer to her father, who was also working in the shipyards at the time. Um, it started with, you know, back in the housework kind of duties and then, but she fucking kicked so much ass. She worked her way to working in the docks and the, and then up into the timber yards. Um, and these were male dominated jobs. Like there were almost no women, if any women working there. And she was one of the only ones. Cause nice. Dude, this one was so that's tough. Fucking cool. Um, yeah, she pretty much kept up them then, but it was here at these shipyards that she started to hear whispers. I bet after that head injury, she got <laughs> well from real people Oh, <laughs> about, uh, certain routes and roads on rails underground. Nice. The <laughs> this is foreshadowing. Nice. Um, around half the uh, black population in the area were uh, all free, freed slaves or born free. Uh, so word spread pretty quickly around there. So and it, it was able to spread further and quicker from uh, this area in Mary, Maryland, Maryland. <laughs> um, and this is where she met her husband, John Tubman. Nice. Who was born a Freeman. So John Tubbid Freeman. Dude, it's crazy how she met a guy that she was going to marry who had the same last name as her. I know, right? That's insane. Oh, I totally fucking skipped over that part. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, sorry. Harriet Tubman's original name was Marietta Ross. No. Uh, what? That's not right. <laughs> what the fuck? Harriet Tubman's original name was Aramita Ross, or Minty, as she was called sometimes. I like that. Yeah. And I'm so sorry. I meant to say that at the very beginning. Minty. Uh, yeah. So Minty Ross met John Tubman, her husband uh, in the shipyards. Uh, and then they got married in 1844 spiritually, not like legally married, because yeah. even though he was a free man, uh, she was still a slave and so couldn't legally get married. Um, Good for him. That's a lot of baggage to take on marrying a literal <laughs> enslaved person. Oh my God. And like after you get married, it's like, well, you're still a slave, I guess. Yeah, that is fucked up. And and it's also white people think uh, they never had kids together because if since she was a slave, her kids would automatically have been slaves as well. Damn. Um, it, around the time she turned 25, her owner fell into some debt and started selling off a lot nice. of slaves. Oh, 
no, this is, it's not good. <laughs> well, it's kind of, uh, I, oh, here, I'm just going to, so she was worried her siblings would be, you know, separated and sold to different plantations and stuff. So she kind of realized, oh shit, I, what am I going to do? She began to pray every night. She, uh, she said, I prayed all night long till the first of March, but as time went on and her prayers weren't answered, she changed her prayer to, oh Lord, if you ain't never going to change that man's heart, kill him Lord and take him out of the way. Nice. And guess what happened a week later? Uh, the Lord took him home. The Lord did take <laughs> him. I don't know if he took him home because uh, he got ill and then fucking died. Nice. <laughs> so, um, but Harriet is such a good fucking person. She felt guilty about it because she thought it was her fault. What, what? I, I know. I know. <laughs> um, so, unfortunately, like, it, I feel like it was like kind of a good situation at first. You're like, oh, thank God he's dead. Oh fuck! Now what's gonna happen? Because yeah. when a master would die or a slave owner would die, master is not. When a slave owner would die, their uh, slaves were just auctioned off. So now mm. she's in the same spot of oh shit. Well now what's gonna happen to my family? And so this kind of starts the whole like movement of her, you know, hooking up with the underground railroad. So around this time, three of her sisters had already been sold, and she wanted you know to stop more from being sold. So she. Starts hatching a plan together. She officially changes her name to Harriet Tubman. Uh, nice. A lot of people think it's to honor her mom, uh, Harriet Green Ross. Hmm. So Harriet Tubman now because she was married to John Tubman. Uh, she used some of the money that she earned from her time at the shipyard. Plus uh, using her new contacts from the Underground Railroad. She managed to convince two of her brothers to join her. Uh, her husband, John, stayed behind. Since he was a freeman, he wasn't yeah, in any real danger. that makes sense. He can be the... Uh... He can gather intel back at home. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. It was basically like, you know, they try and keep in contact with each other and, you know, help with each other information and stuff. And uh, on September 17th, 1849, Harriet, Harry and Ben, her two brothers, set off for Philadelphia. Nice. Uh, so going back to the plantation, the widow of her last owner actually had no idea that they were gone for over two weeks. <laughs> it took her two weeks to notice oh my that gosh. these three had just left. <laughs> Should have made a run for it a long time ago. I know. If that's how close they're paying attention. <laughs> but she did put a an ad out in the paper, and there's a three hundred dollar reward for the capture of them. Uh, when this made, when the word made their fucking hell, when the word made its way to Harriet and her brothers, uh, her brothers were so terrified at the idea of being caught and brought back and the repercussions they're just chilling in philadelphia and they went they just noticed <laughs> i don't think they made it to philly yet like, no. or maybe they had i don't remember um i need to go back and check on that but yeah they were so scared of the idea of being caught and brought back and of like the repercussions that they just decided to head back what <laughs> yeah i know um uh, i guess it was like I, I can't imagine i guess you gotta wonder like well what's the worst punishment going back now and taking that or getting captured and then them being real pissed about it. I mean, yeah. it was a fucking shit situation either way, unfortunately. Yeah. But Harriet said, all right, fuck it. I'll take you guys back. Mm. Not, not just let them go. She took them back, dropped them off, made sure they got there safely, and then went back <laughs> to Philly. Nice. This woman. But yeah, she uh, would use the North Star as a guide, as we talked about in the last episode. Uh, she got some help from some white abolitionists along the way, traveled mostly by night. It was 90 miles by foot. Through the woods at night. Uh, Getting her steps in. Yeah. But when she finally made it, she said, when I found I had crossed that line, I looked at my hands to see if I was the same person. There was such glory over everything. The sun came through the trees and over the field, and I felt like I was in heaven. That's and, hype. Yeah. And I'm not sure if like that quote is where the term heaven came from when uh, the Underground Railroad terms about like heaven mm. being like the final destination. Or, but yeah, she said she's in heaven. That's cool. Um, so now she's, you know, settled up in Philly. She is doing a bunch of odd jobs to make money and uh, in hopes that she can head back to Maryland and uh, get the rest of her family back. Um, and this is another quote from her. I had crossed the line. I was free, but there was no one to welcome me to the land of freedom. I was a stranger in a strange land. So, I mean, I got to imagine like, yeah, you're finally free, but like you don't know anybody there. Yeah. You know, all your family's still back. Unfortunately, suffering. And but at what cost? But at what cost? Indeed. Well. Not too much of a cost for Harriet motherfucking Tubman because, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, she wanted to go back and not only free her family, but she wanted to start saving other slaves as well. Nice. Which is so, yeah, like from the get go, she's like, fuck it, I'm going on a mission. 
Fast forward even more to 1850. What if like, I don't know, like what if, like it's, we look at it now and we're like this brave, noble woman. What a hero. She saved all these slaves. But she got a pretty serious head injury at the age of 12. So like she's in Philadelphia and she's like, I'm going back. And everyone's like, dude, no, stop. Put me back in, coach. <laughs> dude, no, she was. Stop. Yeah, that's exactly how she was. She was like, dude, till the fucking end, which nice. I'll, uh, we'll talk about. She was literally the put me back in, coach. I, I, I didn't hear no bell. I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> that is that is the she's the epitome of that phrase. <laughs> uh, so around 1850, Harriet hears words of her niece, Kasaya, um, and her two kids are about to be sold at auction. So what does she do? Put me back in, coach. She fucking, <laughs> I ain't hear no bell. Makes her way back down to Maryland. Uh, she's still a runaway at this point, so she is at, you know, the risk of being captured at any moment and facing whatever repercussions. Um, she didn't give a fuck. She returned. Dude, <laughs> she was the first Navy SEAL. Dude, she really was. Um, yeah, dude, she was insane. <laughs> like, yeah, so she she gets there. Uh, she meets with Kasaya's husband. John Bowley. There's a lot of Johns in realizing now. Yeah, a lot of biblical names back then. Yeah. Uh he was a free he was a freeman uh and a black carpenter. Uh so yeah, so she's staying with him and then the next day, John ends up bidding on his own fucking wife and children. They can do that? Yeah. Yeah, any any nice. free person I think could bid. Um luckily he wins. So he takes them away. Harriet's like, "All right, let's fucking go and Fucking takes them up to Philly and frees them. So a few months later. Put me back in. Coach. She goes back to help her brother Moses <laughs> escape to Pennsylvania. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I forgot to mention, she also ended up paying for John's uh, her niece's husband for his schooling. Nice. Um, at St. Catharines in Ontario. He went on to teach South Carolina after the Civil War and was actually elected to be a legislator of Reconstruction in South Carolina. Dope how they were able to live like actual lives after slavery. Yeah, which was like a huge fear a lot of slaves had in the beginning, too, was like, you know, what what, what are we going to do once we do become free? But and, and I think a lot of it was going to Canada was where. Yeah. Uh, was really like the end game, because that's where a lot that like gives. They were way ahead of their time at, uh, back then. Uh, so allegedly every time. Oh, yeah, yeah, this was a really cool one. It's a legend. Kind of. But I saw it cited a lot of places. Uh, every time Harriet Tubman went down south to. Go on a fucking another mission. Mm -hmm. uh, she allegedly had a pistol. Yeah, she was always packing. Nice. That's cool. It was partially to protect them, but also partially uh, to make sure everybody stayed the fucking line. Nice. Because to her, the risk of a slave going back, there was too much risk of the information of information getting, you know, beat out of him or whatever. Mm -hmm. So she was basically just like would hold the pistol and be like, dead men tell no tales. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, you, like if you got on the train, you weren't getting off till you got to Philly. Nice. Like they, it was a one way fucking trip. After oh, her brothers. Um, I heard I read something the other day that was like kind of in the same vein as that. Um, a lot of babies, uh, a lot of people with babies trying to uh, take the railroad to get to a better life. Yeah. And so babies cry. Mm -hmm. And so like if Harriet Tubman was transporting a baby and like they're trying to keep a low profile and this baby started crying, she would just beat the shit out of it. Holy <laughs> until, where did you hear? I thought you were gonna... until it was unconscious. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to talk about what I talked about in the last episode. Where the fuck did you hear that? I don't remember. Oh, but... I Honestly, that I'm, I don't even doubt it. She's like, look, child, I took a lot of head injuries when I was a kid. I'm fine. What you, you said you read Harriet did this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. I, I don't know, dude. From the stories I've been reading, I can see it. I can see it. Knocking out babies. I'm Googling it. Yeah, you are. She often drugged. Oh. She drugged him. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> I guess I, I read knocked out. I was going to say, I did talk about that the last episode. I thought she just squared up on these <laughs> toddlers. <laughs> Honestly, though, I wouldn't have been that surprised. All right. Harriet Tubman did not. Yeah, she did not. Give the old one-two to these I mean, babies. she might have. I don't know. I mean, she, again, she was ready to kill someone yeah. if they were I mean, she dosed him. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't just her. A lot of uh, women escaping with children would dose their children. 
Um, just because, yeah, babies cry and that gives yeah. away positions. Um, so, unfortunately for Harriet, uh, it's 1851. So it's been about two years since she's last seen her dear John. Uh, and she's going to go ahead and make another trip back down to go see him and grab him and take him. Nice. Going for the all-time high score. Unfortunately, John had remarried. Oh, no. Yeah. What a douche. Yes, that's what I thought at first. And then I saw someone put it into perspective of like, you know, as far as he knows, she died. Because yeah. it's like she took a, a death trip, basically. Yeah. Multiple times, uh, which he didn't know about. But yeah, so he hadn't heard from her in over two years. So he he moved on. Um, she wasn't angry at him. She didn't hate him for it. She went back to Philly. She was heartbroken, but at the same time, she was kind of like, well, I guess I just have one thing to focus on now. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> put me in coach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so six years later, 1857, Harry receives words that her parents had helped hide some slaves away. And now they were in a lot of trouble. Ooh. Um, this was actually something I started to put in, but this would, it would have made it even longer than it already is going to be. Um, the the slaves that her parents were helping hide were known as the Dover Eight, hmm. which if you don't know who they are, I, I highly recommend looking into their story. It's really cool. Basically, it was uh, like was a Sparknotes version. They were eight slaves, uh, were almost captured, betrayed by someone who was pretending to free them, beat the shit out of him, and then made their way to freedom. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, look into the Dover Eight. It's a really cool They weren't cool fucking story. around back then. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> they no. were serious about that freedom. Yeah, I, I would be too. Yeah. I, I would also be serious about my freedom. Um, so yeah, she heads down to help her pam her family, her family via the railroad. Luckily, she grabs them, you know, makes it up north, no trouble. I mean, I don't obviously trouble. It's a 90 mile trek on foot only at night through the forest. No cakewalk. <laughs> Definitely not. I'm knocking um, out babies and aiming guns at people. <laughs> so they uh, uh she ends up taking them all the way to Canada and Leaves them there for a bit, heads down to Philly to kind of regroup, and then ends up moving up there with them for two years. Unfortunately, though, her parents are around like mid 70s, early 80s at this point. Mm, disco. Yeah. No, like eight. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're having a lot of trouble dealing with uh, Canada winter, which is yeah. it's, fucking it's, cold. It's nasty up there. Yeah. So she takes them back down into uh, uh, what the what is it called? Auburn, New York. So she takes them back down to Auburn, New York, and they end up getting some land there that, from some money she had saved up. And they settle up and she's like, all right, you live here now mm -hmm. and sets them up there. So they're set up pretty nice, nice. Um, all things considered, especially from where they were. So another year later, 1858, Harriet meets a man named John Brown. The John Brown? I think so this time. Jonathan Brown? Which one is, is the one you're thinking like of? Like the famous abolitionist from Kansas? Funny enough, right after that, I typed John Brown, the white or the famous white abolitionist. Um, he saw black people as equals, like from from the get go, pretty much based. He was. Yeah, he John Brown was fucking based. <laughs> I should have called him John based. I'm so sorry I said that. I, <laughs> I take that one back. That was a shit joke. <laughs> I immediately regretted it. Um, yeah, no, he was a huge abolitionist, thought it was all fucked up. But the the peaceful way they're going about it wasn't wasn't quite his style. Oh, yeah. He was like what? Like by modern standards, they would call him a terrorist. He he more or less was. He was not, a, I guess, not a domestic serial. terrorist. Because what is it? Because they weren't separated yet, but they were in like the South was in like it was the starts of secession were happening. I mean, it, they didn't so not domestic terrorists, just fully terrorists? secede until 1860. So, yeah, I mean, it's 1858, so they're on their yeah. way to doing it. But I mean, I guess terrorists would still but not domestic terrorists kind of. As he was an estic terrorist, uh, but in the best way. <laughs> so he actually ends up building up a small army and they're just going around the country, freeing slaves and fucking shit up. And oh, then. Man. A lot of the slaves he freed, he would recruit them and be like, yo, you want to get back to these motherfuckers? Nice. And they're like, you goddamn right we do. <laughs> so it was pretty easy for him to recruit more and more people as he went on. Um, as, as, and Harry ends up meeting up with him, starts going on a couple missions with him. He is so fucking impressed by everything she does. She executes plans so stealthily, so successfully. He starts referring to her as General Tubman. <laughs> Sweet. Which is so fucking cool. <laughs> like, imagine just being like, yeah, I guess I'll come help. General. 
<laughs> yeah, I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. <laughs> Not so bad. Um, speaking of 1860 and the Civil War, now oh. we're in 1860. So it's about two years of just fucking shit up. Yeah, new war just dropped. Yeah. <laughs> um, Harriet's 35 at this point. She's been saving slaves for the last two years. Uh, and she's still trying to get the rest of her family from down in Maryland. Maryland. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, so she wants to go save her sister next and her sister's children who were stuck down in Maryland. She made a journey, gets to Maryland, and guess what happens at the time? Let's see. 18 said uh, a war were declared. Not yet. It's, it's on its way, though. Lincoln were declared president. Was that 1860? Yeah. Well, uh, he didn't get sworn in until 61, I think. Okay. No, uh, unfortunately, her sister had passed away oh. by the time she got there, which is... I don't know. Like, that's twice. Two out of three times she's gone down for something personal, and it did not work out well. Yeah. This is the second time. That's a, that's a long walk. That is a long walk for a lot of disappointment. <laughs> twice. I mean, you um, get closure, but still. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like you get there the first time your husband or your husband's married to someone else um, has kids with them. Oh, yeah. They have kids, by the way. Mm. Um, you get down a second time. Your sister's passed away, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, again, Harriet didn't let this shit stop her. Yeah. She was like, all right, well, keep on trucking. In the end, it said Harriet Tubman made about 19 trips between the north and the south. Uh, freeing slaves. And I'll give you two guesses to how many she saved in those 19 trips. Mm, okay, let's see. 60. Oh, buddy. It's Harry motherfucking Tubman we're talking about. Uh, 180. 300 slaves. 19 trips. Yeah. That's like... Yeah, you do that math because I should have done it and I didn't. It's like 15 slaves per trip. That's a, that's a, that's a class. Dude. They're a class of people. <laughs> Classroom. she was not fucking around she was mm -hmm. like we're going in bulk grab as many as i can at a time get the fuck in here basically like it's, it's kind of like at this time people were like heading west on wagon trains but like hard mode yeah like we're heading north on no trains and we'll all die <laughs> if anybody <laughs> finds out she she had a really great quote that I, i'm glad i found and didn't skip over it said uh put me back in coach not quite. It was this was the only instance I found of her bragging. And she said, I've I've never I, I can say something that no train conductor can say. I've never ran my train off the track and I've never lost a passenger. Damn. That's some cold shit. Like also, why are you throwing shade at <laughs> train operators? Yeah. <laughs> I think the Underground Railroad, those trains are significantly harder to operate than Yeah. Yeah. So no, that was that was like a cold ass line also so, aimed a gun at way more passengers than your average train conductor yeah probably probably what a badass <laughs> um yeah dude she was so fucking cool uh so in 1861 she's now 36 and she's like fuck it i'm basically a military person anyway she joins the military hey uh she was the only black person in her company at the time when she joined up uh and she ended up doing a lot of uh the old chores she used to do as a slave but oh. this time by her own why didn't they give her a cannon? <laughs> like, put her on artillery duty. She's gonna, she's gonna destroy the South. Well, because at the time, I mean, the military, like women, were usually doing that more kind of work with like, like uh, cooking, cleaning. Uh, but she also had a lot of nursing experience, and she actually helped save a lot of soldiers' lives. Um, she took care of a lot of the wounded and helped nurse them back to health and bandage their wounds and all that. All I'm saying is, if she went full Mulan, she would have single-handedly won the war. So funny you say that. Uh, Did she go full Mulan? Yeah, two years after that, in 1863, she becomes the first woman in history to lead basically a strike team. She had like a team of spies, basically, that she led on a raid to destroy Confederate outposts. And this woman's ridiculous. Free more slaves. God. Guess God. how many they saved this time, Ryan? Uh, the outposts of slaves? I'm, well, yeah. they were a Confederate outposts where they had slaves. Oh. And they were freeing the slaves. So they would raid these outposts, fuck them up, and then take the slaves with them. They were basically looting. That's close. 750 slaves. Nice. It was very successful. She was very good at what she did. I would never be in a bad mood again if like I knew that I was personally responsible for like the freedom of over over a thousand over a point. thousand people. It's pretty fucking kick ass. Like yeah. I read that and I was like, <laughs> God damn Harriet <laughs> killing it. 
Um, so, you know, she served most of her time. Uh, a few years later, 1865, she returns home to Auburn to tend to her parents. Um, and her parents married another daughter. <laughs> we found Honestly, a better daughter. You suck, Harriet. I fully expected something bad was going to come of that when I first read it. I was like, oh, no, I was just kind of letting you know where she went. Um, but uh, around this time, she's kind of realizing like, hey, I kind of got fucked over as far as pay goes for that whole military thing. Because at the time, uh, black soldiers did have to pay for their own uniforms and they were actually paid less than white people. Oh, my God. Because it's still, you know, that time in America. Did and white soldiers have to buy their own uniform? No, white soldiers did not. And they got paid a little more. And even worse, as a woman, she got paid even less than the other black soldiers. Uh, so, yeah, this starts a 34 year appeal for her to get some fucking reprimand or reparations. Yeah, fair. I, I, I think she deserved way more, way more. Yeah, <laughs> like because she didn't. Honestly, there wasn't enough money at the time in the world to pay her what this woman deserved. Yeah, like at all. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that's something that's going on. Uh, it, it's just I'm just kind of laying out like this. Everything coming up next. She was still fighting to get paid what she deserved for everything she did. Um, Man, the U.S. government loves not taking care of their soldiers. Like, it's like crack to them. They just, ooh, I love withholding money that people are owed. Yeah, some friends who have some very nice words to say about the VA these days. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, fast forward a few more years. 1873. This woman... Has done so much good <laughs> and has caught so much shit and I'm tired of reading about it. But one more. Uh, she's in a decent amount of debt, you know, trying to take care of her parents, waiting on the fucking government to help her as she fucking deserves. Uh, so she's staying in Auburn and two men come to stay with her and she lets them stay because she's a fucking saint. Um, and they said they had some gold, some Confederate Ooh. gold. That, that's always a said confederate gold is like the 1800s version of nigerian prince <laughs> well that's i thought at first too but then i read that actually it wasn't super uncommon uh when hmm. confederates found out that like or heard that union soldiers were on their way they would actually bury their gold and hide it hmm. to hide it from the confederates so to her it wasn't that far-fetched of an idea and because of how much debt she was in how much money she needed uh she was like they they were sa- they were offering to sell it uh i think it was they said it was worth five thousand and they're like we'll sell it to you for three thousand and she's like, fuck it. I, I don't like where this is I got to take this risk. And they're like, hey, meet us in this forest at night. I don't like where this is going. Yeah, she goes to meet them. They knock her out. Again? Yeah. This poor woman's brain. Well, oh, don't worry. This time it was with chloroform. Okay. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, she wakes up. The money she brought with her is gone. Wow. And the men, unfortunately, were never caught. Wow. And Harriet stands up and says i didn't hear no bell <laughs> she she like makes a stance that like i'm not gonna let this break me i'm not gonna be a victim keep it pushing damn yeah like again like as much as this woman's fucking been through and done and she's still taking hits it's not fair yeah i mean <laughs> i'd imagine if you're like in your like 40s 50s if something bad happens to you but like you were a literal slave as a child i'd imagine you'd be like <sighs> dude yeah i guess i don't know yeah i guess it's easier to like take the hits as they come at this point for her she's like whatever let's keep on pushing (laughs) um i was hoping she would just go like full revenant that's what i was hoping too when i was reading it crawl 600 miles to find these guys and scalp them yeah i was kind of hoping she's gonna (laughs) find them be like say my name (laughs) um Luckily, in 1874, the next year, she does start seeing some reparations uh, from the government. She starts getting some compensation, not nearly all that she was owed or deserved, but she starts getting some, which is a good step. Um, Six years after that, in 1880, her mom passes away. Mm. So another hit. Well, her mom had a good run, I think. Yeah. Had a nice farm in upstate New York. Yeah. I mean, they were doing all right. Like, I mean, they were in their 80s. Like, it's it was about that time they they were going to go. Um, I completely forgot to mention this. Harriet did meet someone else and got married again. Um, for real this time, for realsies. Nice. Um, but it, there, I didn't see a whole lot mentioned about their marriage or him. Just that, you know, their marriage was cool. Did she have kids? She did not. Oh. Or no, I think she did. Let's pretend you didn't ask that yet. And then if it comes up, I'll read it. And if <laughs> okay. not, then we'll just pretend this didn't happen. And I hope I remember to edit this out, but probably not. <laughs> uh, in 1888, her husband passes away. 
on the bright side, she does get some of his pension nice. from being in the military. So she's getting a little more now. Still not enough. Still not fucking enough. Yeah. Uh, 1896, she uses a lot of that money to buy some land next to where her now just father is living, but where she had her parents. So she buys 25 acres of land there. Not bad. Um, yeah, and in 1897, she's honored in Boston for her service to her country. So now she's getting some recognition, which is pretty cool. Um, and so, yeah, now there's a lot more like upheaval about getting some fucking reparations. Nice. Um, but before we see any of that, Ryan? Yeah. So the pistol thing was, I, I couldn't find anything that said like this for sure happened. Mm-hmm. This next story, I saw him in multiple spots that was like, yeah, no, this definitely happened. It's sweet. So remember that little bonk on the head she got when she was six or 12? Yeah. Sorry, 12. Did did someone pay her to watch a hotel over the winter? No. <laughs> and the boiler exploded. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and she saw these creepy twins. Oh, my God. <sighs> what happened? I love Pulp Fiction. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know it's a shiny. I was kidding. <laughs> um. So this is towards the like late 1890s, towards the 1900s. So that head injury starts to kind of make its way back up. Oh, man. Yeah, it starts to show back up. And As someone who's had a lot of head injuries. Oh, I'm, yeah. I don't like what you just said. You can relate to that. <laughs> um, well, I think you would prefer to be where you're at as opposed to what she does. So she starts getting a lot of like pretty severe headaches. And what she described as like a constant buzzing. Mm. And it was affecting her sleep on top of everything else. So she has to go through some brain surgery in mm. Boston, which sucks. Good old 1890s brain surgery. Yeah. Luckily, they did have anesthesia then. That's good. Which she refused to use. Okay. <laughs> so. I'm just going to stick this ice pick in your eye socket and hope that you come out better on the other side. Yeah. Um, again, I read in multiple places that said this did in fact happen. Mm-hmm. She said, no, the soldiers I operated on. They didn't use anesthesia. They had a bite on a bullet. Someone give me a bullet. <laughs> this fucking woman bites a bullet through brain surgery. Because the soldier she operated on didn't get to have anesthesia. Jesus. What the fuck? She's <laughs> also undergoing brain surgery. So I feel like it wouldn't be like inappropriate for a doctor to be like, no, we're, we're going to put you under for this. Yeah, I don't I don't know if anybody could have told her no. You're right. Can't at this point in her life, like, <laughs> are you going to look this woman after everything we heard? Are you gonna be like, Harriet, you're going to do as I say. <laughs> she, they're like, would you get that pistol, Harriet? <laughs> <laughs> Just aims a gun at you from across the <laughs> operating room. That's why she bit the bullet so she could keep <laughs> the gun pointed just in case. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she goes through that. Luckily, it goes well. I mean, I'm sure it fucking hurt. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the most pain I've ever been in. And I couldn't think of anything that I could even bring up that would be worth talking about that came close to biting a bullet while your head's being cut open. Probably a brain freeze. Yeah, those hurt pretty bad. Probably a stub toe. Those are pretty tough. Like when you get your pinky toe on like a chair leg. Ooh, that hurts. I get mad. Yeah, still not sure. I'd I'd say that's like a one compared to like a 10, which is having your brain operated on while you're awake that's your opinion <laughs> what would you rate it at getting your brain operated on no stubbing your toe 10 shit hurts so what's the brain surgery while awake nine okay fair <laughs> enough, fair <enough>. um <laughs> oh my god so yeah that's kind of one of the last uh big stories about her again through all this time you know but or sorry, th- through those years, she was still going and helping slaves and stuff until she started getting a little old. Um, so now it's kind of harder. And and by this time, it's. Uh, sorry, like in the 1900s, civil, when did the Civil War end? Uh, 1864. I wonder what they did. What do they what is brain surgery? Do, do you think they just drill a hole in your head to like relieve pressure or something? You know, I remember thinking I need to look up exactly what goes into brain surgery or what they did. And I did not look it up. All right, Harry, we're going to have you stand right here. And this horse is going to kick you in the mouth <laughs> and hopefully your brain will be better after this. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know how brain surgery would have gone <laughs> in uh, like the early 1900s, but uh, so yeah. So now civil war's done. 
slavery's ended. Life still kind of sucks. Uh, so now we're in the like towards the women's suffrage. I mean, this mm. women's suffrage have been going on for a while now, and she was a huge advocate for it. Surprise, surprise. Uh, she was in for, you know, equal rights. Uh, she wasn't as involved as she was with freeing slaves. I mean, she's, she's, but I think she gets a pass. She served her nickel. Yeah, I think she gets a pass. She was she was still like a huge speaker and she would come speak at events. Uh, you know, people loved her. She was a huge advocate for women's suffrage, but she's also in her 80s at this point. Mm -hmm. Not a whole lot she can really do, but she's still fighting the good fight. Uh, so it's 1911. Harriet Tubman has lived this fucking life of literal, like, I want to say biblical levels of. I, I don't know, like it, it, it doesn't seem real reading through all this. It was kind of hard to process it all of like, wow, this was one person. This is one single person who came from less than nothing. To a fucking hero and at 86, um, she's old, she's kind of frail, she's getting sick, she's put in a home, uh, she's put in a care home that was named after her in her <laughs> honor. Nice. And on March 10th, 1913. The baddest motherfucker I've <laughs> ever known, read about, heard about, passes away uh, of pneumonia. Damn. Her final words, I go to prepare a place for you. That's cold. That is cold. That's dope. That's what she did. That's what, yeah. She, she uh, till the fucking end, her lived mind. Her life for other people. Exactly. And it, until literally, her, till the fucking end, she was looking out for others. Damn. So that is uh, the Underground Railroad Part Two. I actually had to condense a lot, even from like I had a lot written down that I kind of skipped over. That wasn't. yeah, you scrolled through your notes and I saw four pages, and I was like, Albert, it's a Wednesday night, <laughs> <laughs> dude. She, this woman, did so much. Like I, I again, like the the Hoover Eight or the the Dover Eight as one. Again, I think she go check out if you if this interested you at all i highly recommend you just go read up on some stuff about her because there's a lot i didn't get to talk about that she did that was so fucking cool this fucking she doesn't seem real um but yeah that is that is most no well, that is some of her story honestly i don't even think that's most of it there's i there's so much that this fucking saint did why why hasn't she been like put into sainthood i don't know who, uh, I mean, who, 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 what like modern person even like comes close? That's what I'm saying. That like, level of dope. I can't think of anyone comparable who's done anything comparable, like to that scale. Single handedly. I mean, there were, completely. uh, there were like dudes in like Nazi Germany who went through some pretty cool stuff to help like hundreds and hundreds of kids escape, uh, concentration camps. Okay. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I don't know anybody by name. Um, but even that, I imagine like, it was like a group of people probably. And that's why. Yeah. Well, there's, specifically, there's a clip I saw of like some show in the 90s where like this old dude sitting in an audience and the person next to him like taps his shoulder and they're like, you saved me from a concentration camp. And then the host is like, who else has he saved? And every single person Holy in the audience shit. stood up. It's so cool. That's fucking like dope. every person in this studio audience is someone who would have died in a concentration camp if not for this old man. I might have to look that up and uh, put his name in here. It's dope. Pretty fucking cool. Link it in the description or something. Yeah, I, I will. Uh, so off topic. <laughs> it's all right. We're yeah. talking about heroes right now. But yeah, the main hero, the biggest hero there was uh, Harry Tubman. Yeah. Passed away at 86, March 10th, 1913. Um, yeah. So that's her story or some of her story. Like I said, um, I, again, please, if this in any of this interests you, I highly suggest just reading up on her because Jesus Christ, this woman. Was amazing, but yeah, that's that's Harriet didn't hear no bell Tubman. No, she she didn't hear no bell to the fucking end, <laughs> dude. Um, but yeah, that is the Underground Railroad Part Two, Harriet Tubman, and I guess also the season finale of the Statesman Season One. Yeah, not season finale after like a five week hiatus. Yeah, the whole and point. Then we'll be back with season two in like a week. The whole point <laughs> of the season finale originally was because of the hiatus, and then we fucked that all up. So <laughs> I guess we're just hearing out season one finale. Um. But some couple of big announcements, actually, I think one I know for sure. Hopefully by the time. No, no, I'm going to say it by the time this episode <laughs> airs and is out. The Statesman podcast will officially have a Patreon. Yay. Because uh, shit's been jank here. <laughs> kind of. Um, 
And it's not necessarily that like give, give us that monetary motivation, <laughs> you guys. No, that's not what it is at all. Uh, but it would be nice to be able to like get some better equipment and uh, maybe soundproof Statesman Studio 4.0 and get some better mics and just stuff to make it better for you. So think of it that way. You invest in us. You're investing in yourself. <laughs> I sound like a fucking sleazy salesman saying it like that. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yeah, we uh, by the time this episode releases, there will be we will have a Patreon up. The link will be in the description of this episode and future episodes going on. It will also be on our Instagram, our Facebook. If I ever actually get our TikTok going, it'll be on that too. Um, so yeah, if you want to support us, you'll be able to do so there. Um, you know, cheap tiers. It's, it's we, we don't want a lot of money. Um, and it, even if you don't, if you just like listening, don't worry, everything will still be free. There will be some bonuses for patrons, but the show itself is going to stay free. It's it's fun to do. And it's just something we like doing. And but yeah, I've actually been hearing from a few people who have been asking about where we've been and what's been going <laughs> on. So that's nice to hear um, that people want to hear it. But it's not so nice to hear to realize we've been slacking. <laughs> I mean, so, hey, there's a demand out there, at least. Yeah, that's nice. So, yeah, to everyone who's been listening, thank you so fucking much. Uh, it, it means a lot. That's the reason we keep doing this, because even though it is fun, it's more motivation to keep doing it when we know people genuinely want to listen. Um, special, actually, shout out to my good friend, Stiffy Cox. <laughs> That's a very unfortunate name. <laughs> Her real name's Tiffany. Um, shout out, Tiffany, if you're still listening at this point. Uh, she texts me after like every episode we release and texts me about the show. So it's pretty badass. Nice. Um, so, yeah, her and everyone else who's been listening. Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll be back on track now and we will yeah. see you again. Join us next week for our regularly scheduled Ryan hosted yeah, Statesman I'm, State Special. I'm so ready for you to take back over research, dude. It's going to be whatever state. We did Massachusetts last, right? I don't remember. Whatever the last, state the last was, three episodes have not been state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be a state again next week. Stay tuned. Yeah, we'll stay strong and we'll see you in season two. Adios. Bye. Thank you.